Radio 92.3. Now it's time to play Which Host Did This? Andrew McKay, Jenna Barr, or Bobby Rossi? This host lived in a van for over six months. Who is it? Time's up. The correct answer is Jenna Barr. Get to know our local hosts by listening to News Radio 92.3. 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. Good morning, Pensacola. Andrew McKay and the Pensacola Morning News starts right now. now to the southeast where deadly tornadoes tore a path of destruction. At least six people were killed in Otago County, Alabama. A state of emergency was declared in six of the state's counties. According to the National Weather Service, there were at least 45 tornado reports, the majority in Alabama. Man, this is just horrible. And we had the little bit of this storm yesterday. And you remember we were kind of on a semi alert yesterday uh, for this storm. But the, this storm came through and ripped huge damage in Alabama, particularly around Selma and Montgomery is where most of it was. But I was looking at a map of where the tornadoes hit. And it was basically everywhere north of the line between us and Alabama seemed to get something yesterday. Good. Tornadoes ripping through the south, devastating cities throughout Alabama. Drone footage from Selma showing buildings destroyed and fires burning. Survivors capturing images of the aftermath. Downed trees and scattered debris littering the ground as the fast-moving storm tore through the region. Somebody crying. Yeah, I heard a baby crying too. Hello? She said that was she heard that baby crying. Oh my God. Videos capturing massive funnel clouds and ominously dark skies. Multiple reports of extensive damage and injuries being reported across the state. Yeah, I've seen some of the uh, the, the images and the video, and it's uh, it's pretty awful. So a good reminder to us, as always, you never know when something is going to happen, and you got to be prepared for it all the time. 512 here on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Yesterday, uh, holy smokes, was yesterday a bad day for the Biden administration? Administration. Nothing beyond our capacity. We work together. So God bless you all and may God protect our troops. Mr. President, Mr. President, Mr. President, thank you, thank you, Mr. President, Mr. President, okay. classified, classified material next to your Corvette. What were you thinking? Let me, uh, look, I'm going to get a chance to speak on all this, God willing, soon. But as I said earlier this week, people, and by the way, my Corvette's in a locked garage. Okay, so it's not like you're sitting out in the street. So the but anyway, was in a yes, as well as my Corvette. Um, but as I said earlier this week, people know I take classified documents and classified material seriously. Well, that's pretty clear. <laughs> my goodness, Peter Ducey making all the news yesterday jumps up in the at the end of the uh, speech on the economy and says. Uh, sir, they found your documents next to your Corvette in your garage at your house in Wilmington, Delaware, from the time just after you were the vice president. What are you thinking? He's like, ah, it's no big deal. I mean, come on, you know. And by the way, my Corvette's in a locked garage. 
Okay, so it's not like you're sitting out in the street. Yeah, I mean, it's not like we had him out in a file cabinet on the front stoop or nothing. I mean, they were next to the vet. Everything was safe. Okay, he has a Corvette. Yeah, he has a really nice vet. I don't know <laughs> so, why that's the part that... I know, I right? Mean, all of it is bad. All he's of it's bad, a, but... He's got a bad. really, really nice Corvette, oh. yeah, for sure. Well, but he then oh. goes on after this, and he's like, oh, panic time. Wait, where's my prepared statement that my people gave me that I'm required to read at this point? <laughs> so that's that's exactly what he did. This was immediately... Cl- oh, sorry, here we go. I also said we're cooperating fully and completely with the Justice Department's review. As part of that process, my lawyers reviewed other places where documents in my, uh, of, from my time as vice president were stored, and they finished the review last night. They discovered a small number of documents of classified markings and storage areas and file cabinets in my home and my, in my, my, my personal library. This was done in the case of the Biden Penn. Uh, th- this was done in the case of the Biden Penn Center. The Department of Justice was immediately, as was done, the Department of Justice was immediately cl- uh, uh, no- notified, and uh, the lawyers arranged for the Department of Justice to take possession of the document. So you're going to see. We're going to see all this unfold. I'm confident. I have done what my people told me to do. I read my statement, and now I'm going to gently walk away from the podium while you shout questions at me on the biggest news story of the new year. <laughs> you ever see the not... Homer Simpson meme where he, <laughs> yeah, where he walks the into the wall, yeah. <laughs> into the brush head? That's <laughs> right. exactly right. All right, so um, then the next event was Corinne Jean-Pierre trying to handle the press corps in the press meeting, where, again, Peter Ducey says, um, hey, looks like Biden's being handled. Who wrote the talking points memo he read from? Another one on GarageGate. <laughs> Perfect. What is the White House trying to hide? Nothing. Someone <laughs> gave the president a statement to read on Tuesday that was incomplete at best, misleading at worst. Who? So I have read out the president's statement. I have read it out yesterday and what he said. He said that he will, he respects or he takes classified information and documents very seriously. Clearly. That's what he said. He said that he did not know that the, the records were there. He does not know what's in them. He said that. You heard from him directly on this. And his team has been cooperating fully, fully. So you want to know who gave him the talking points, right? But I want to let you know that I've read them and uh, there were talking points and the talking points were on paper. And they were in 50-point font so the president can read them. And, yeah, any other questions? <laughs> like, complete non-answer. When will the White House release a log of visitors to the Wilmington House? You know, um, Peter, you've asked this question, or as your colleagues have asked this question before. Let's not forget uh, what we did here in this White House. We instituted something that the last administration got rid of, which is putting out the White House, uh, putting, uh, making sure that there was a White House log, extensive White House log, so the American I mean, people got to see... House where again, there is potentially again, unsecured, well, classified I, material. Again, <laughs> I am telling you, we did something that the last administration got rid of, which is instituting the White House logs. Uh, did you ask the last administration why they got rid of the White House logs? Okay, let's go. Let's go. Well, we Fox did? Go ahead. Go ahead. Are you going to release the visitor logs and the names of all of the people, Hunter Biden, by the way, because he actually ordered some products to that address we know, and which is not surprising he would have access to his dad's home, but 
we do know that he was one of the people. So who else had access? And her answer is, well, we're more transparent than Trump, you know, because we put out the visitor logs from the White House and they didn't. They what was the question again? Well, are you going to release a list of all the people that might have potentially had access to classified documents within the president's, uh, his study at the Wilmington House or in the garage next to the stingray that was so secure? Uh, well, yeah, why, why didn't you ask this about them, huh? S- stop. Okay, so that was part two. Uh, and then part three was, and this was the like, uh, this is where it all comes home. Merrick Garland, Attorney General, press conference that afternoon. On the evening of November 4th, 2022, the National Archives Office of Inspector General contacted a prosecutor at the Department of Justice. It informed him that the White House had notified the archives that documents bearing classification markings were identified at the office of the Penn Biden Center for Diplomacy and Global Engagement located in Washington, D.C. That office was not authorized for storage of classified documents. People know I take classified documents and classified material seriously. <laughs> Merrick Garland, continuing. On November 14th, pursuant to Section 600.2B of the Special Counsel Regulations, I assigned U.S. Attorney Lausch to conduct an initial investigation to inform my decision whether to appoint a special counsel. All right, so November 4th, they find the first set of documents. Four days before the election, nobody gets told. Nobody gets told four days before the election. Nobody knows. November 14th, he puts a special investigator on the, t- on the job. Then December 20th. On December 20th, President Biden's personal counsel informed Mr. Lausch that additional documents bearing classification markings were identified in the garage of the president's private residence in Wilmington, Delaware. President Biden's counsel informed Mr. Lausch that those documents were among other records from the period of the president's service as vice president. The FBI went to the location and secured those documents. People know... I take classified documents and classified material seriously. Well, the first part's right. He takes them. <laughs> I mean, we know that that part's right. Uh, then, January 5th. On January 5th, 2023, Mr. Lausch briefed me on the results of his initial investigation and advised me that further investigation by a special counsel was warranted. Based on Mr. Lausch's initial investigation, I concluded that under the special counsel regulations, It was in the public interest to appoint a special counsel. That's right. And good for him. That's exactly correct. That is the right decision. And then we were talking about this yesterday. This is now two times we'd already learned of documents being discovered in places where they shouldn't have been. And so yesterday. This morning, President Biden's personal counsel called Mr. Lausch and stated that an additional document bearing classification markings was identified at the president's personal residence in Wilmington, Delaware. People know... I take classified documents and classified material seriously. Oh, it's just brutal. So he has now appointed a special prosecutor, a special counsel, Robert Hare, um, who is not going to be subject to, uh, you know, reporting to him. He's independent now. And so that's good. I mean, that's good for him. You know, he had to. I mean, he absolutely had to at this point. And of course, and I look, I told you, don't get snarky on the first bit of news. And the second bit of news, you can get a little bit snarky, but on the third bit of news, now you start to ask all the other questions, which is, okay, we got, you know, we got two different locations, three different times classified documents were found. The claim by the White House is this is all inadvertent. Well, you can't inadvertently or unintentionally or unknowingly move classified documents if 
you are properly handling classified documents. The two things can't both be true. And if you look at some of the timelines of when which offices were in existence, in operation, or under the authority of the president, these had to have been moved a couple of times. So somebody has moved them. Was it the president who moved them and didn't know or didn't remember or thought nobody would find out? Was it somebody else who did it and put them next to the stingray? <laughs> you know, like there's all kinds of questions. And we, we still don't know how many. We do, still don't know the nature. And it is 100% true, you have to say this, that based on the findings, the Biden administration has been cooperating and given them back and not made any kind of claims that, you know, they're not appropriately subject to the rules regarding classified materials. All things that were true about Trump. Okay, so that's true. There's a distinction in the cases. But um, to me, the most telling, frustrating thing about this is how much this was a huge campaign issue against Trump. And then how the news didn't come out, even though the classified documents were found four days before the election. So there we go. Now you're up to date. 22 on News Radio 923. And again, I think that it's absolutely true. Earlier today that, uh, you know, people know. I take classified documents. And cl- that's right. <laughs> that's 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 the part. That's the part we can confirm at this point. Five twenty-three on News Radio ninety-two-three. I'm Andrew McKay. Adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis, poor candidates for systemic or phototherapy, now they're SkyRizzy. Rizenkizumab Rizza, a prescription-only 150-milligram injection. With SkyRizzy, three out of four people achieve 90% clear skin at four months. And SkyRizzy is just four doses a year after two starter doses. Nothing in me go hand in hand. Nothing on my skin, that's my new plan. Don't use if allergic to Skyrizzy. Serious allergic reactions and an increased risk of infections or a lower ability to fight them may occur. Before treatment, your doctor should check for infection and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms, such as fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you plan to or recently received a vaccine. With SkyRizzy, you could achieve 90% clearer skin. Ask your doctor about the number one dermatologist prescribed biologic in psoriasis and visit SkyRizzy.com or call 1-866-SKYRizzy to learn more. This is a test of the emergency broadcast system. This is only a test. You know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? Tune in to What Your Money Would Say with Andrew McNair of Swan Capital, Saturdays at 1, to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do all the things you've dreamt about doing in retirement. Don't miss What Your Money Would Say with Andrew McNair, Saturdays at 1. Firm offers insurance services, advisory services offered through Swan Capital, LLC. Wake up with Andrew McKay and the Pensacola Morning News. Lifestyle talk with Jenna Barr and Pep Talk. Drive home with Bobby Rossi and Pensacola right now on News Radio 923. Bond. James Bond. You've painted up your lips and rolled and curled your tinted hair. Ruby, are you contemplating going out somewhere? Sounds different, doesn't it? You don't know this version, do you? Do you? I do because I went out with this guy. <laughs> but to be fair, how does that distinguish him? Oh, see. it is completely. Hey, hey! <laughs> You're gonna have to be more specific, right? 
Don't take your love to town. Uh, that's the cake version. I love the cake version. That's good stuff. They I've, do. I will survive, too. Yeah, I know. Some yeah, of their covers of are covers, really good. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, they basically made the distance and covers, right? Is kind of what they, <laughs> that's, that's what they did. And short skirt, long jacket. Oh, that's right. Which is a great. Oh, I they love wrote that, that song about too. me. Yeah. No, <laughs> just kidding. Five twenty-five News Radio ninety-two-three. You heard ugly tomboy? No, just kidding. <laughs> David Wayne is in the newsroom with our headlines. David. Well, former President Donald Trump planning his first campaign stop for the 2024 presidential race in South Carolina this month. According to a Politico report yesterday, uh, they're saying it'll be a smaller and more intimate gathering. No word on uh, when or where that event is going to be so far, though. All those severe storms they've had in California starting out the year have uh, had a big effect on the state's drought. Apparently in just one week, California went from having 27% of their state in extreme drought to less than a half percent. Hmm. And uh, apparently all AAA minor league baseball parks this year are going to be calling balls and strikes electronically. Mm. Uh, an ESPN report says that... Uh, Half of all of the uh, AAA games this year are going to be played with all calls determined by their electronic strike zone. This is not a surprise whatsoever. I don't think we knew this ahead of time. We kind of knew we were going here. We just didn't know when. And yeah, this is, I mean, yep. <laughs> yep, not not really a surprise. Thanks so much, David. Uh, Five twenty-seven here on News Radio ninety-two-three. Yeah, and I'm I'm really torn on this. The automatic calling the you know of the balls and strikes because the evidence is that it's more accurate. Well, it's it's I mean, it is it is more accurate than the human umpire. But can I tell you, I love the kind of screwy human weird elements of the game of baseball. They make it a human game. And they're the things that drive you crazy in like you fight about them, argue about them, all that. I mean, I, I like replay, but I also I didn't like replay for all these. Re- and I like I like baseball having these human elements and the weird little stuff that makes it not just this perfectly orchestrated thing. And this is another That's one of loss of the human element. That's my favorite things about yeah. football, though, because yeah. like when they do the instant replay, you're like, aha, see, his foot was right there. Right, and, uh, exactly. You know, so they'll be able to do this. I think it'll make it more exciting. Yeah, but I was I with you it'll, at first. It'll, <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, and that's just, how I felt. And then it was like, yeah. And I mean, you get to know, you know, this ump's got a good strike zone. That ump's incompetent. It's not calling it consistently. And now you'd be like, well, the Robbie 4000 is consistent today again. Yeah, I mean, you know, like there's no, it's all that commentary and angst and frustration. But you can't tell me you haven't seen a call with, you know, you're oh, just no, like, oh, 100%. you are wrong. Here's and your center for sight. I'll, <laughs> you I'll tell you, go there now. I'll tell you when we know when we know we've left the human era of baseball is when they start calling the uh, the check swing, not check swing with the with the machine. That'll be the end. That'll be the end of human call baseball. Oh, by the way, in case you didn't notice the date. I know. <laughs> Today is what day of the week? Friday. And uh, what's the number on the calendar? It's 13. Okay, there you go. Just just letting you know. You got the exact theme music, too, from a, just, my favorite series. Just, yeah. just wow. letting you know. There's some stuff out yeah, there. Yeah, and I'm really stitious. Four, three. <laughs> really, really, really stitious. Four, three, seven, 16, 20. What was the other thing I was going to mention to you? Oh, I, I, I am not going to be able to cover it today. I just had, there's, Friday is too way packed of a show. But on Monday, I will, I will take you through the drama at the Santa Rosa County Commission meeting. I did watch it yesterday. But um, yes, they have approved the transfer of the sale the, or the deed for the 100 acres for the rapid infiltration basin property uh, up the hill to the wastewater treatment plant in Milton. So it's we're done. That's it. It's over. 
But the shouting and the lawsuits, um, and those are probably going to be, you know. But when you're, if in the past year and a half you have been afraid to go to the Milton City Council or the Santa Rosa County Commission meeting for fear of running into the the wave of uh, antis, well, not anymore. Maybe. I mean, you never know. Maybe people still show up and complain. Um, but, you know, the one interesting wrinkle in all this is about halfway through the meeting, Sam Parker, he's like, well, we got another 200 acres on that site that we can't really use for anything that nobody's asked for that's never going to be developed that's not worth anything can we just give all of that to Milton? Oh, I would have paid to see the faces. <laughs> <laughs> now, right? The faces of the people who are already kind of very frustrated about this. So, And 3-2 vote, by the way. 3-2 vote. Carrie Smith and Ray Eddington voting against the move. Uh, what do you have coming up in your news, David? The man accused of shooting at two deputies a couple of years ago has now entered his plea. More on that after Fox. News. I'm Chris Foster. At least seven deaths are reported in storms hitting the south. One person in Georgia, six deaths in Otago County, Alabama. Several tornadoes touched down there. Emergency Management Director Ernie Baggett. We're working our way into where the areas are, but our, our problem right now is uh, a lot of power lines down with a lot of trees blocking the roads. There's heavy damage in Selma, Alabama. The singer and only child of Elvis Presley, Lisa Marie Presley, died 54 years old, reportedly after going into cardiac arrest. Her ex-husband, with whom she lived, began CPR, and she was revived at home, but then later died at the hospital. Lisa Marie lived her entire life in the spotlight, with even a few high-profile marriages, most notably to Michael Jackson and Nicolas Cage. She was open about her battles with depression and drug addiction. Her family told TMZ this was not a suicide attempt. Teresa Priolo with Fox 5 New York. America's listening to Fox News. Good morning. It's 531 News Radio 92.3. I'm David Wayne. It's 50 and cloudy in Pensacola. Pensacola man accused of shooting at two Escambia County Sheriff's deputies, injuring one back in 2019, has now formally entered his plea. We are a country of laws, not of men. And the law says... A defense is not guilty by reason of insanity. Daniel Hux's defense attorney, James Barnes, talked with Channel 3. Hux facing two counts of attempted first-degree premeditated murder. Jury selection scheduled for February 20th. Scambia County Sheriff Chip Simmons recently wrote a letter to Circuit Judge Coleman Robinson concerned that Hux might be released from jail due to the insanity plea. Judge Robinson didn't make any decision on that. Alabama Governor Kay Ivey declaring a state of emergency for six counties hit by those damaging storms that tore across the state yesterday. The system produced multiple tornadoes being blamed for six deaths in Autuga County. At least 12 people severely hurt as well. The state of emergency covering Autuga, Chambers, Coosa, Dallas, Elmore, and Tallapoosa counties. The governor's declaration clearing the way for faster response for victims of the storm. In continuing to announce his legislative goals for this year, Governor Ron DeSantis says he's targeting drug prices, specifically the influence of large pharmacy benefit managers or PBMs. He says that's what's costing up the driving up the costs of prescriptions. We're going to protect consumers and increase accountability. There's going to be three main things: prohibiting spread pricing prohibiting reimbursement clawbacks, and then tackling issues with so-called steering. And PBMs are often described as the middlemen in the healthcare system. DeSantis' proposal would ban PBMs from forcing customers to use mail programs for prescription drugs. After several meetings... 
Featuring debate and hundreds of citizens weighing in, Santa Rosa County is now moving forward with that land transfer agreement in the city of Milton. The only question is whether or not the grant funds from the federal and state government will be able to be used or whether or not they will be lost. If they are lost, the plant will still be built, but it will be built on the backs of ratepayers at a significantly higher cost. State Representative Alex Andrade addressing the commissioners in his capacity as an attorney representing the city of Milton. Ultimately, the board voted 3-2 to two to transfer the 100 acres to the city of Milton. Congressman Matt Gates says he'll be in the area next week. He's planning on making a couple of big announcements, according to his news release. Gates will be at the Crestview Aerospace uh, next Tuesday morning, and he says he's got a major announcement there regarding Northwest Florida military priorities. Later on that night, Gates will be in Navarre for the 2023 Service Academy nominations. 534 News Radio 92.3. Cold and windy day out there today with highs around 55 degrees. With the winds, it will feel slightly colder. Overnight tonight, temperatures dropping into the 30s. As you go into Saturday, sunny weather will continue with the cool weather continuing as well. High on Saturday near 54. Saturday night, temperatures dropping back into the 30s, 37 degrees for your low. Temperatures will be warming up as you go into Sunday. High near 61, low Sunday near 54 degrees. Stay connected to the Channel 3 News First Morning Weather Team. Download the WEAR-TV weather app. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Morning Weather Center. Thank you, Brooke. Cloudy skies. It's 49 right now in Pensacola, 51 in Gulf Breeze, and 49 in Milton. Our next news at 6. Breaking news anytime. I'm David Wayne. News Radio 92.3. Informative. Local. Dependable. Local news with News Radio's news team. Operation Blue Christmas. 16 guns ranging from assault rifles, shotguns, hunting rifles, anything you wanted, that's what they had in, in these houses. Sheriff Chip Simmons says their narcotics unit executed warrants at five area homes over the last seven days, and all 1,600 grams of fentanyl were seized, which Simmons says is enough to kill 800,000 people. On News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Hi, I'm Billy Anderson with Anderson Subaru in Pensacola. If you're driven by an adventurous heart, you're in luck because the redesigned 2023 Subaru Outback shares your spirit. The Outback can take you as far as you want to explore with standard symmetrical all-wheel drive. And Subaru's estimated highway fuel economy for non-turbo 2023 Outback models is up to 32 miles per gallon. And comparing information from competitors' website, the Outback has more ground clearance than Honda CRV or Toyota RAV4. So you can take on the path less traveled with ease. And when Experian Automotive studied vehicles in operation versus total new registrations, they found that 97% of Outback vehicles sold in the last 10 years are still on the road today, which means you can explore your world with confidence. The 2023 Subaru Outback. Go where love takes you. Anderson Subaru, Highway 29, just north of Car City, Pensacola, online at andersonsubaru.com. Anderson's got a Subaru for you. Actual mileage may vary. Clearance comparisons as of June 2022. Experian data for model years 2012 to 2021 as of December 2022. Investing in times like these can be scary if you don't have the right person at the helm of your finances. Armada Advisors will put you on the right path for success. Join Wesley Odom with Armada Advisors to find a better way you can successfully invest your money and enjoy your retirement. Tune in to the Pensacola Expert Panel this Tuesday morning at 10. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. 
listen to news radio on air at 92.3 FM, 95.3 FM, AM 1620, and online at newsradio923.com. Download our mobile app or listen through Alexa. Now, dump trucks are, uh, are actually tearing up the road. Uh, it just wasn't meant for the design for 25 to 30 tons of payload constantly. This was Ben Watson, a citizen, talking about the terrible conditions of particularly the bridge on Divine Farms Road or Divine Farm Road. It actually goes by both names, according to the county officially. Uh, but where the, you know, the borrow pit at the back end of that road comes through there with uh, many, 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 many dump trucks continuously, and it's degraded the road, and the road is really not built for all of the people who live there and certainly not built for the dump trucks and the people who live there to interact very well, even though the pit does predate the uh, the big subdivision on the north side of the street that went in about two years ago. Uh, but this is something that the um, the county's been working on. We talked about it yesterday with Wes Moreno. Wes, uh, who is the administrator for, for Escambia County. Wes, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News, sir. Give us just a second. We'll have that for you. There we go. Welcome back, Wes. Hey, good morning, Andrew. Always good to be here. Hey, great to have you. Now, I know you're Rhodes guy, okay? Uh, and you talked about this yesterday with, uh, you know, uh, Jeff Bergash uh, in his coffee with the commissioner, and you talked about what's in the works for that bridge. That, to me, is the biggest issue, is the bridge itself, but maybe also comment on plans for the road, if there are any. Sure. Uh, so we have a re- rehab project going on right now to uh, rehab uh, some of the pylons under the bridge and increase the weight limit and make it more stable and, and, and safe. And I think that will be a good project that, that we'll complete and I think we'll be successful there. And in the future, you know, uh, I believe we'll bring an initiative to try to uh, add, add some width to that road. Uh, you know, that road, when it was dirt, we, we, did a process called open graded coal mix on that road and it was mainly uh, an emulsion mixed with uh, aggregate uh, maintenance process is what it was and it's laid down almost by an asphalt spreader it looks like an asphalt spreader and we we did that put that process on that road and it stabilized it pretty well uh, and then uh, we came back some years later and we put some uh, hot mix acid did a, a resurfacing of the road on top of the open graded coal mix so you have a dirt layer that state has been stabilized. You have uh, an aggregate layer mixed with emulsion, that, and then you have hot mix uh, asphalt on top of that. So you have a pretty good layer there. I think the challenge on that road is going to be the width of the road, right? And uh, you know the shoulders, the narrowness. So uh, we'll probably bring an initiative to try to address that particular issue. To add some width, uh, at least on one side of the road, if not both and try to make things a little bit better there for the for the folks coming in out of that uh, neighborhood there, that subdivision. And, of course, the problem there is to the degree, as you mentioned, that the center of the road, let's say, is very sturdy because of all the layers that have been put there. The edge of the road is... You know, it's not going to be comparable, and that's where the trucks are going to be driving. And you know, as you know, as being a roads guy, that's where you're going to have your your problems is at the edge if you don't make it as strong as the middle. Which I 
you know, and I've talked on the radio about the, you know, the pit was there first, <laughs> you know, so the homes come after and, you know, sometimes you have issues with that. But um, w- one thing I did want to check with is, so the, the sign on the bridge says 20 tons. My understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, is that a fully dirt laden truck coming out of that pit is going to be pushing well more than that, 35, 40 tons, maybe something like that. To what degree is that enforceable, enforced, and or correct me if I'm wrong on any of that, it seems like obviously the heavy trucks are the damaging factors for the bridge, right? Yeah, the, the, the heavy, you know, heavy, heavy axle loads uh, are always a concern on, on any roadway, you know, the design of any roadway, and, and the bridge, especially bridges as well. Uh, we have, uh, in the north end, you know, we have weight-limited bridges there, and you have your big logging trucks, public trucks. Yeah. Uh, we do we do try to uh, advise and, and you know, meet with some of the pit owners. Say, listen, you got you, know, you got a weight limit on this bridge. You need to be cognizant of it. And we can work with uh, DOT officers to help with that enforcement if we need to. Uh, but yeah, we we but we feel like when we get done rehabbing this bridge, I think we're going to be be just fine. Wes, one of the things I wanted to ask you about, we have seen uh, City of Pensacola is on the brink of banning smoking uh, and vaping in the city parks. Uh, the City of Milton has asked for a proposal to ban smoking in parks and beaches. Uh, we know Okaloosa is doing this. Uh, I would be surprised if Milton doesn't pass it. Has there been any even request for information or push yet in Escambia County for something like this? No, we uh, we've not had any discussion about it. I've not. It's not a topic that has risen uh, to the top here in Escambia. Uh, I'm, you know, I talk with Michael Rhodes quite frequently, and he's not mentioned uh, any any discussions that he, that he's been involved in with Parks and Recreations. And uh, you know, I meet regularly with, with Lee Davis uh, at the Island Authority, and I don't uh, unless it's something that's come up between the last time she and I met. Uh, it's not been a topic that she that she's brought to me. So okay. over here in Escambia, I've, I've really not heard a lot of discussion uh, about that particular topic. Okay, well, I was curious. I hadn't either, but I figured you would know if something like that was percolating up, and we should be expecting it anytime in the near future. Uh, big project that the commission approved uh, was the Perdido boat launch. Uh, you know, not quite five million dollars of other people's money. My favorite kind. Uh, I mean, it's all my, it's all our money, really, but it's not the same, right? So, um, can you maybe just tell people for a second exactly where this is going to be, and then you know, it looks like a pretty great project for accessing water, ac- uh, improving water access. Yeah, it really is. Um, and so if you go up Little End, uh, if you're going toward toward the key, going south, uh, you go across uh, uh, Blue Angel Parkway, and you'll be going, you go across near the bay, and when the road makes the curve right before it gets to 98, it, the, the site will be right there on the right. Okay. Uh, and so it's a pretty good, pretty good site. Uh, you know, and that's good. this is going to be a, a really great project for this for for Scammy County. It's going to be a two lane boat ramp. You know, we're going to dredge about three thousand foot of the channels, of the, so we get access to the channel, and uh, it's going to have like I think sixty two trailer parking spots and twenty two regular spot parking spots. We're going to have picnic uh, cover picnic pavilions and tables and. Uh, Portable toilet and decorative portable toilet enclosures and sidewalks and some rough uh, camping amenities. I mean, it's just going to be a really great project when we get done with it. And uh, I'm looking forward to being able to uh, cut the ribbon on that one. And it, I think it's just going to be great for the, for the area. 
And is there any, I know there's been off and on talks about it, but is there any real plan for revamping, redesigning the Galvez landing, which of course is the one that's just kind of overflowing with use right now? Right. right. Uh, not at the moment. Not okay. At the moment. All right, so something we could look for maybe in the future. Another big project that y'all uh, that the the commission approved is the uh, park for Carpenter Creek at the headwaters there on Olive Road, right? Yeah, yeah. This is a, kind of a concept that we're trying to move to. I was talking to Chips yesterday, not necessarily about this project, but and you know, looking in with our drainage projects, you know, not just drainage, but is there a way we can incorporate a water quality? Uh, concept into the into our drainage projects, but and that's kind of what this one is. You know, we're we're looking to at the heart of this project is water quality, and so we're looking to treat the stormwater that rolls off of Olive into Carpenter Creek, and then you know it goes through Carpenter Creek and winds up in Biotihar, which we all know has has, has issues. Right. So we're looking to enhance the, the, the water quality in the area. But in addition to that, you know, we're going to put in a uh, walking track and power craft launches and uh, uh, passive recreational areas along the boardwalk and, uh, you know, of course, wetland restoration. So it's going to be an all-encompassing uh, project there. And it's uh, a concept that we're looking to incorporate more and more as we bring projects to the table. Yeah, no, I I, I like it. You know, it seems like we're doing a you know a, a pretty good handful of uh, of new things, which you know, and they all seem like very good projects. So I appreciate that. La- last thing that I wanted to ask you about is uh, we had a firefighter uh, pass away this week. Now it was not in the line of duty; it was at his home, but still, pretty big, uh, painful moment for the agency, right? It is. It is. Uh, you know, uh, the thing you know, the firefighters and being first responders, you know, they're used to going out and and helping and assisting and, and tending to, to our citizens. But when you get the call and it's one of your own, you know, it's, it's like, it's like a family member. And so it's a, it's a little rough, uh, you know, on, on the crew, uh, but you know, they know they're working on a brother, so to speak, and, and he didn't make it. So it's uh yeah, it's a little, it's a little downtime there uh, with fire, but, uh, you know, this guy was a, he's a long time firefighter. He did a great job for our, for our County, for our citizens, served in the Navy and, and served his country. And I'm very appreciative for his service and, and just sorry, sorry for, for the loss of his life. And Lieutenant Jackson, it was young, 38 years young, you know, so that's another one of those, mm-hmm. man, you know, yeah. hate to lose somebody at that young age, especially. Well, as always, Wes, we have a meeting t- today to talk about the uh, finalization of the broadband um, contract with the two firms they're going to be presenting. That's for the north of Muskogee, the, the one that got rebid, basically. So we'll look forward to that conversation at 9 o'clock this morning. Wes Moreno, he is the Escambia County Administrator. As always, Wes, thanks for what you do. Thanks for the time. I appreciate it, sir. Thank you, Andrew. Always good to have you on. And, uh, yeah, they did, by the way, vote, as you heard David mention yesterday, to approve the EREC proposal for the uh, the broadband, which was what the you know the 9 o'clock meeting was about yesterday. Uh, the two Cox did not apply for the revamped version of the footprint that they were asking them to service. Hey, if you are looking for that next vehicle, Frontier Motors, fantastic place to start. Uh, and maybe to finish. I mean, you might find what you need there, and you can be done, which is, you know, pretty common. Uh, 300 cars, trucks, vans, SUVs, you know, sedans, sports cars on the lot at any time. And that's part of the advantage. I mean, there are many reasons why Frontier Motors. That's why I talk about them all the time, because they're great. Um, But one advantage is so much of a selection. So you can go there and find cars that are, you know, one, two, three years old, low miles, great condition, you know, good prices. And right next side by side to each other, you can sample the buffet of available cars. 
and you can see what's it like. In fact, I mean, we went there because they had a car that we couldn't find anywhere else. They had the um, Dodge, you know, the Dodge. The, our former was a, car- a caravan, a Honda Odyssey that we wanted to buy and couldn't find even a test drive somewhere. And that's the point. You go there, and in one place, without having to go drive all around town, you can compare all the different brands, all the different models. You, I recommend you drive several. I also recommend you drive at least one that's outside your range. Like, either price-wise or just comfort or, you know, you're going to buy a sedan. Well, drive a Jeep. I mean, just, why not? Maybe you find out you love it. Maybe you're like, eh, I don't want it. Keep your ducks. It's fine. You know, the point is, drive a bunch of different ones and see. And you can do all of that in one place at Frontier Motors. More than 25 years serving the Pensacola community right behind the big buffalo on Beverly Parkway. Be sure to tell them Andrew McKay says hi. You love your car or truck, right? We love it too. This is Mike Ryan and Mike Ryan's Truck and Auto Accessories. For a cooler summer and protections from harmful UV rays, we'll tint the windows. For safety and security, we have alarms, backup cameras, and dash cams. And for the most beautiful vehicle on the block, Our full detailing service will make it look brand new. We have so many custom accessories, it's impossible to list them all here. So come see us at Mike Ryan's Truck and Auto Accessories on Industrial Boulevard at W Street, just north of Marcus Point Baptist Church. The cost of health care is all in the news. Tune in Tuesday morning at 10 on the Pensacola Expert Panel as ProHealth will be the guest and we'll be discussing how ProHealth medical membership programs can help you take out the stress and cost of health care. That's Tuesday morning at 10 as ProHealth will be the guest on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. The following message is sponsored by the Florida Department of Elder Affairs, the Florida Association of Broadcasters, and this radio station. Sarah is 64 and loves to garden. Recently, her health insurance ran out, leaving her worried about more than just weeds. She called the Elder Helpline and spoke with a volunteer shine counselor about her options. There, she received free, unbiased counseling on health insurance for those on Medicare. For more information or to volunteer, call 1-800-963-5337 or go to floridashine.org. Pensacola right now with Bobby Rossi. Afternoons 4 to 7. After Dave Ramsey on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. I think I need a bigger box. I want to wake up where you are. I won't say anything at all. So why don't you smile? Good morning, 552 here on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Oh, I got the best news yesterday. I, I know in advance this is there are not that many of you that are going to resonate with this or even understand why I would bother bringing it up, but just hang with me for a second. Uh, we watch America's Got Talent. Yes, you do. All the versions. It's an interesting show. It's entertaining in mm-hmm. spite of all that. We, we actually watch – what we do is we – Sometimes watch the intro package. Sure. Then we watch the performance, then we skip all the comments because it's always ridiculous. We just want to see the acts. That's what we want. I want to see the acts. I don't care about all the other nonsense. And all they're going to do is tell me what I already know or I'm going to disagree with them. So, again, I don't care. Uh, But the formula for reality shows is you do some special build up package about the act, then you do the act, and then you have the judges talk. I don't care about it. Anyway, there was an act in 2014. Mm hmm. In America's Got Talent that we talked about quite a bit at the time, because even though they were not from Pensacola, they made Pensacola part of their act very deliberately. Welcome to America's Got Talent. Hello. 
Hello, and what is your name? My name is Dustin's Dojo, and I'm a trained black belt, and I learned to be a black belt at Roger Baker's Taekwondo and Pizza, Pensacola, Florida. <laughs> this is my friend Terry, and I am his sensei. <laughs> there isn't one, right? No. Okay, no, I was going to no, say, it's, it's all, Master Safaku. But it's, yeah. it's exactly right. It's it's all made up, okay. but oh my God, like, it was... And this, these two doofuses, I love them. Actually, I think I interviewed one of them on the air at the time because it was so entertaining. <laughs> and they they made, you know, Roger Baker's karate and pizza dojo the source of their martial arts, which they were I would go to that. terrible at martial arts, which was the point. And, you know, they're always hurting the one guy and trying to surprise him and all that. It's just this great gag. Well, they're going to be back on America's Got Talent, the um, champions or whatever one that's going on right now. So they're going to be back on on Monday if you want to watch it. And it's just... Like, it's, <laughs> it was the dumbest thing at the time. When I moved here from Pensacola, I didn't have very many friends. And Terry did not have very many friends either. I saw his mom, Harriet, at the parlor, and she said that she had a son named Terry, and we instantly became friends. <laughs> I think over here will work because there's less people. What we do is very hard, and not anyone can do it. Do you make a living teaching yeah. karate? My job is a karate expert. I make karate videos and teach other people how to fight off attackers. It's just... I anyway. get the Napoleon Dynamite music. Exactly. Right? That's right. That's right. That's right. So anyway, that'll be back on on Monday. And um, for those of you who remember, okay... It's entertaining. For those of you who don't, go watch the videos. It's worth it. And then watch on Monday. 5.55, we got David Wayne in the newsroom with our headlines. David? First of all, thanks for sending me down this YouTube rabbit hole. Oh, way down. I know know this is going to take some time. Oh, you'll like it. You will appreciate it. I know you, and you will appreciate it. Uh, That FAA software that grounded flights across the U.S. earlier this week apparently is 30 years old, and they're not planning on upgrading it for at least another six years. A source telling CNN, though, that Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg is on the job. Uh, He's working to get it updated soon enough. I'm comforted already. The former Jackson... The former Jackson, Mississippi abortion clinic that was at the center of the Supreme Court's ruling last summer apparently is now becoming a second-hand store. Uh, The stucco building that used to house the Jackson Women's Health Organization known as the Pink House now being painted white after sitting empty for the last six months, and the new owner wants to turn it into a luxury consignment shop. And, of course, tributes pouring in for the late Lisa Marie Presley. Tom Hanks and uh, his wife Rita Wilson said on Instagram that the pair had a chance to spend time with the family during the Elvis biopic promotional tour, and uh, they called her very gracious throughout that whole process. Lisa Marie Presley? Yeah, Yeah, 54 years old. Yeah. How? Uh, I don't I don't know the cause. Do you? It was David? a cardiac arrest was okay. really, I think, all they oh reported. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Delvis's only daughter yeah. leaves four kids behind. Yeah. It's, oh, it's, man. It's awful. It really okay. is. Thanks, all right. David. Yeah, David. Thanks. <laughs> thanks Sorry so to much bring for the, the room update. down. No, yeah. it's it's serious for sure. Uh, 5.56 here on News Radio 92.3. Uh, man, with so many things that happened yesterday, and it's always on a Friday, right? It's always like shoved up against the weekend. But okay, here goes. Um, kind of since we're in the vicinity of talking about that abortion clinic, and there's been a couple of uh, the House has now passed a couple of abortion laws. They're not going to get anywhere in the Senate, um, so it doesn't really matter that much. But Democrats wouldn't vote for them. One was the Born Live Protection Act, so that if children survive an abortion, that they would need to be treated like children, and they voted against that. Uh, Republicans narrowly passed it. And then the other one, I don't remember offhand, but I'll look it up here in a second. Uh, but you had yesterday on MSNBC, 
Um, you had Andrea Mitchell, who historically I've always thought Andrea Mitchell was, you know, fairly good. But then this is what happened. She was talking about these stories and she had brought on uh, Garrett Heck or Hake. I don't know how you say his name, who was a reporter and he was doing reporting. And she actually interrupts him midway through his reporting to correct him on his inappropriate and inaccurate use of language here. This is how it went. We had Nancy Mace, of course, the Republican from South Carolina on yesterday. And she spoke very, you know, passionately about why she thought it was the wrong tone for her caucus to be pursuing this abortion uh, abortion legislation and why it was unfair to women, especially women who've been subjected to uh, rape or incest or, you know, other forms of sexual violence. And she ended up voting for the abortion measures. Explain that. Well, she told reporters after the fact that at the end of the day, she was, as she described herself, pro-life and that she felt that it was important uh, to vote for these measures despite their uh, potentially politically damaging or politically unappealing um, appearance, if you will, for uh, Garrett, future, let me just, future voters. Let me here. just interrupt and say that pro-life is a term that they may, that an entire group uh, wants to use, but that is uh, not an accurate description. I'm using it because that's the term she used to describe herself, I understand. Andrea. I understand. Anyway, that was her explanation. Uh, let's talk about Congressman Santos now. Oh, my God. Like, you scold your reporter live on the air because he had the audacity to quote a source? And how she describes herself as being pro-life. Because, by the way, AP, the Associated Press, came out with this guide style recently that said, use the modifiers anti-abortion or abortion rights. Don't use pro-life, pro-choice, or pro-abortion unless they're in quotes with proper names, which this would be. Avoid the term abortionist, which connotes a person who performs clandestine abortions. Pro-life and pro-choice are perfectly fine terms because they're accepted by each camp. But this move to recalibrate and call pro-lifers anti-abortion, it's just, it's amazing. And for her to do this live on TV to her reporter, it's just, well, that's MSNBC. Maybe I shouldn't be surprised. You're listening to News Radio 92.3, WNRP Golf Breeze, Milton, Pensacola.